This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, sir. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With your host, John Rush. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Hour number three is upon us. Appreciate y'all joining us today, by the way. And uh, I was going to talk about this yesterday, but we, I, got off on some other tangents. I didn't get a chance to get to it. So, I'll cover it now. Ghost guns. Now, most everybody understands what a ghost gun is, but let me explain in case you don't know. In fact, I'm not sure most in the media really understand what a ghost gun is. They make it sound like it's invisible. It's a ghost. No, it's not invisible. They are firearms without serial numbers. Now, some of you are going to say, okay, well, how does that even happen? Well, because you can buy the... They call it the lower, depending upon the weapon, an AR-15, they call it the lower. You can buy that unfinished. And it was legal. I say was because there's some different changes in the law that they're trying to get passed. But it was legal to buy a part, which is essentially what a unfinished lower is. It's a gun part, not a gun, because you still have to finish assembling it, per se. Finish the machining add all of the other componentry to it, buy all the rest of it, and and just so everybody knows, they're not inexpensive, okay? So by the time you're all done and you factor your labor into this, they're not cheap. So it makes it sound like these things are just available everywhere. You can get them wherever you want, and off you go. No, in fact, most people that are building their own quote-unquote ghost gun are doing it for other reasons, not so they can have a quote-unquote untraceable firearm. Which, again, I can get into all sorts of details, but a lot of other misconceptions that are out there. If you take a gun that is vintage, I'm talking, okay, let's take an AR-15 that maybe have built, I don't know, 30 years ago. Do you think there's going to be a traceable serial number on said weapon? If you've owned that weapon or it's even been sold you know, before in Colorado, by the way, just several years ago, you could go to Craigslist and sell a gun on Craigslist or Arms List, they called it. It was a, it still exists. It's like a Craigslist for guns. You can go to Arms List, list a gun, go meet somebody in a parking lot or your home or wherever you wanted to and make an exchange and sell the gun, buy a gun, and off you went. Now that changed well, since I've been on air. So in the last 10 years, that's changed. But prior to that, you, you could go. I, I'd done it in the past. And it wasn't anything illegal about it at all. 
You could take a firearm, list it, or even buy one. And you could do it in the parking lot of a Target if you wanted to, or Walmart or wherever, or the police station for that matter. Nobody cared. Police didn't care. Wasn't anything anything illegal about it. So let's say, for example, you acquired a gun in that manner prior to the law passing in Colorado where that's not legal anymore. Now, if you sell a gun even used, it has to have a background check on it before it changes hands. Now, I will also tell you that does that always happen? Yeah, uh uh-huh. Just like there's no illegal pot or cocaine or anything else that flows through Colorado. If you want to buy something, you can always go buy something. And for those of you that are lefties out there that think every gun control law in the books you know, that you guys propose is going to fix any of that, think again. It won't. But you can think it will. More power to you. So my point is, if you've got an older firearm that it's changed hands once, twice, ten times, doesn't matter, and it's vintage as in it's 25, 30 years old, do you think that's traceable? The answer is, of course not. Even though there is a serial number on it, it is not traceable, despite what a lot of folks think. There is no national gun registry yet. I want to say yet because that's what the left would like to have. The communists would like to have that so they know exactly what you own. But to this point, they don't. Now, if you've made recent purchases and there are background checks done and the like, then yes, there are ways to dig through a bunch of paperwork and find said serial number and said gun. But in most cases, it's not happening, folks. If you've got a gun that's of any age at all, it's untraceable, despite what they may tell you. So is a ghost gun untraceable? It's about the same as what I just said. And again, there's a lot of expense that goes into building a ghost gun. In fact, most criminals would find it easier to just go buy a gun off the street versus buying a ghost gun because to buy a ghost gun and then go assemble it and put it all together unless you're buying one complete. But again, they're not always going to be cheaper. So in most cases, a criminal is going to go find something that's a lot less money to go do his dirty work. Joe, you're up. Go ahead. John, a couple little nuances to quote ghost guns. First of all, before 1964, there was no federal requirement that guns have serial numbers, and I happen to have three guns. I think oh, I've I got several. That. Yes, that are they're old and they're older than me, Joe, because I was born then. So yeah, they're older than me. And I actually have some that I. <laughs> by the way, I, I remember going into Sears when I was 13 years old and buying a 22 rifle in Sears, just on the shelf. Right. You pick it like a like a pair yep. of pants. That's right. What any different back then? That's exactly right, and nobody cared. And nobody cares. And that 22 rifle that I bought when I was 13 didn't have a serial number on it. Anyway. Um, ghost guns. It is perfectly legal under federal law for you to make as many ghost guns as you want. You don't have to put a serial number on them. Now, if you want to sell that gun, then you have to add a serial number to it. So, so let's uh, take this. So, all these people in uh, places like New York City and Chicago with quote ghost guns. Obviously, they didn't make them in their basement workshop because they don't have basement workshops. Right. So they bought those guns. From somebody who, so it was an illegal transaction because both the maker and the seller of that gun broke the law when they sold that gun without a serial number to the guy. So if they're going to break that law, they're going to they're going to break every other law out there as well. Right, and let's and you talk about um, you know other guns. Uh, There are between two hundred fifty thousand and three hundred thousand guns per year 
stolen right. from homes and vehicles in this country every year. The inventory of illegal guns on the street is estimated to be somewhere between 5 million and 10 million. Right. Illegal guns. Out and of the 300-plus million guns we have, or we don't even know that exact to, number, but it's— It's actually it's, closer to 400 million. Yeah, I was going to say, Joe, personally, I think it's probably even higher than that because there's a lot of them that folks don't even know exist. Yeah, for the last five or six years, uh, the, the new gun sales in this country have been about 20 million new guns. So just in the last five years alone, we've sold 100 million. million new guns. Uh, in just the last year. So tack that on to the you know, previous 300, we're now 400, and the 300 right. is a vague number as well. Right. And by the way, John, uh, less than, you know, out of those 400 million guns, you know what percentage of guns, uh, those guns murdered somebody last year? On a very basis? few. Very, very small. Let's say it that way. How about 0.003%? Yep. There were about 17,000 gun homicides in this country last year. If you divide 17,000 by 400 million, you come up with 0.003%, which means the other 99.997% of the guns in this country weren't used to murder anybody last year. Now, can you name any other regulated product that has a safety record comparable None. to None. Zero. Yeah. Zilch. Cars don't even achieve that. Right. So, you know, my, my question is, what new, quote, both constitutional and, quote, common-sense gun control law could is going to materially reduce None. that 0.003%. Zero. There, there isn't any, Joe. None. There is none. There is none. And people say, oh, well— It's a well, pipe dream to, to think otherwise, by the way. You're smoking dope or you're on LSD or something to think otherwise. Yeah, and people say, well, if we just banned assault weapons— Well, guess, John, um, you may know this number, but if do you know how many people in this country are, are killed with so-called assault weapons every year? Oh, again, very, very low number when it's all said and done. About le- less than 450. Now, more people are—four times as many people are killed with knives. Yep. And, mo- and more people are choked, beaten, or kicked to death with no weapon whatsoever than are killed with, quote, assault rifles. And the other other big uh, thing is that, oh, mass shootings would go down. No, 96, 97 percent of all mass shootings in this country are, are done with a pistol, not with, an, a, quote, an assault rifle. I keep right. saying, quote, because there really is no such thing. Um, no, any, anything is considered an assault weapon if it maims and kills someone. If it's, if it's black and looks scary. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah there you go. I mean, but, but, I mean, if you watch Casino, Joe Pesci killed a guy with a pen. Right. By the way, the, the, <laughs> the deadliest school shooting in American history was Virginia Tech. Guy killed 31 students and teachers. Excuse me. And he did it with two legally purchased pistols, and he went through the background check both times. Yeah. So, you know, I always say to people, if you can't think of multiple ways to kill a dozen or more people in under two minutes without using a so-called assault rifle, you're probably not too bright because Don, I, I could sit yeah. here, I could write down half a dozen ways. Agree. You know, the the guy in Nice, France, killed eighty-seven, eighty-six people in sixty seconds just by driving his truck. Into well, even Richard and Battle and I at four o'clock were talking about you know the the trade towers and the fact there was no gun used there. You talk about Oklahoma City. I mean, Joe, we can go down the list of things that have happened that had nothing to do with guns. Right, and and just you know, box cutters and airplanes took down about what thirty some hundred people. Yep, and a guy in the Bronx with, uh, got thrown out of a nightclub, uh, an uh, upstairs nightclub. Went, he, he was angry, went down the street, bought two bucks worth of gas, set fire to the club steps, killed yeah. 87 people with two bucks, $2 worth yeah. of gasoline. Yeah. 
So this is not a gun problem. It's a human nature problem. It's a human nature problem. And if I always say to people, if you think you can prevent evil and or crazy people from killing dozens of innocent victims just by denying them access to a certain type of weapon, you probably also think you can make a balloon smaller just by squeezing it in one place. Right. Uh, Not going to happen. you squeeze it here, it's going to pop out somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, look at all of the things that have happened throughout history. Anytime gun control became big and gun, gun confiscation became big, eventually those people that were for it ended up being at the end of the other end of a gun that they didn't own. Absolutely correct. Uh, by the way, you know you know. And, and by the way, Joe, why can't people understand that? Why can't they look back at history and understand what I just said? Anytime you disarm people, you know, the citizenry, and you give government full control, it just goes awry. John, it's called confirmation bias. They believe what they want to believe, and they don't believe what they don't want to believe. Hmm. It's confirmation bias. They've been conditioned, you know, yeah. by whatever, yeah. whatever news sources, media, you know, I go on these liberal websites, and John— the, the amount of – it's mind-boggling, the amount of pro, literally propaganda that these people are fed on a daily basis. Wow. And it's discouraging and saddening to me to see how many people just lap it up. They, but John, it, it, some of it is so outrageous. Yeah, I'm it's like, not even – yeah, it's not even – I mean, you, a, a sane person doesn't even think that way. And yet they're, yeah, 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 we need to do this. And, oh, yeah, this – ain't it awful, yeah. With those damn Republicans – I'm going, are you serious? You believe this? You just think this is a real thing, but they do. So many people, and and I also fault, you know, our school system. You know, it used to be when I went to school, the vast majority of the teachers. This is, I'm, I'm talking, you know, I'm talking in the 50s and 60s. Most of the teachers were either daughters or sisters. The female teachers were either well, the male teachers, because everybody we had the draft. They were they were either military vets or they had a father was a military vet. And the, the the women teachers were either married to somebody who was a military vet, mm. had a brother who was a military vet, um, you know, had a father who was a military vet. They were, by and large, overwhelmingly, from my recollection, overwhelmingly patriotic and conservative because of their, right. you know, close family ties to, to military veterans. Today we have so few people in the military, and you look at the, by and large, colleges – 20 years ago, became dominated by liberal professors. And if you're a teacher, you went through a liberal arts college. So you came out of that college fully indoctrinated, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, with, the, with the progressive liberal right. bias. And now you're imparting that to your students. Yep. Uh, and Correct. I think on that, on that face, we've lost a huge battle because yeah. we've lost the education system to liberals. You're right. I'll leave it at that. Joe? Spot on. Appreciate you, man, as always. Thank you very much for that. Absolute electrical plumbing, heating, and air is next. Don't forget to ask about the Quiet Cool system. Find them at klzradio.com. Your air conditioner is costing you a fortune, and Denver is the perfect climate for quiet, cool, attic, and whole house technology so you can save money and enjoy a cool home. Absolute electrical plumbing, heating, and air is now your source for quiet, cool technology. With a quiet, cool whole house or attic fan, you can use the cool evenings and mornings to your advantage by pulling the cool air in and pushing the hot air out, giving you a lower baseline temperature to start with and ensuring that your expensive air conditioner isn't doing all the work. The U.S. Department of Energy calls quiet, cool fans the most cost-efficient way to cool any home. Don't sweat your way through the summer this year or pay a fortune to run your air conditioner. 
Get a quiet, cool attic or whole house fan installed with Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air today. KLZ listeners can save $300 on a quiet, cool installation. Just go to klzradio.com absolute and fill out the short form. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air. Flesh Law Firm is next. Kevin Flesh, he'll represent you well. If there's any questions you have when it comes to something legal in your life, give him a call today, 303-806-8886. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you. He handles both criminal and civil cases. Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court, but since only about 10% of personal injury cases actually go to trial, those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation and maximize your profits with the re-up program as well. Find out how that works for you today by going to klzradio.com. You need to sell your home, but it needs some remodeling. That sounds simple. All you need to do is source contractors, research the market to find out what buyers are looking for, direct the work to be done, hire someone to clean up the mess, do the work, shoot photography and list the home, negotiate with buyers, make concessions, and redo some of the work you already did. Oh, okay, that doesn't sound very simple. But there is a better option. You can hire Kat and Robin of K&R Home Transitions and let them partner with ReUp to handle the updates without paying a dime up front. ReUp will remodel your home based on what will sell and increase value. They will do the work, clean the mess, and Cat and Robin will market and list the home to sell fast. K&R will help you navigate the process start to finish. You can let them do the work and enjoy the additional cash you make from selling a highly marketable home faster than you could have. Go to klzradio.com home to learn more about K&R Home Transitions and RIA. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Thanks so much for listening. And interesting story out of Lafayette, Colorado. Got a few minutes here that I'll squeeze this in. A father is suing Lafayette for not providing indoor shelter for homeless people like him and his son. So an an unhoused man who was ticketed by Lafayette police for illegally camping has filed a lawsuit in federal court claiming the city does not provide enough indoor shelters for people who are homeless. Now, before I get into this lawsuit, is that not the definition of entitlement? That, to me, is the definition of entitled. I don't have a place to live, so you, the city, are now required to give me a place to live. Essentially what he's saying. I don't have a place So you're now required to give me one or I'm going to sue you in federal court. In the lawsuit, which was filed July 31st, James Holmes Sr. alleges that ordinances in Lafayette that prevent him and his 17-year-old son from camping in public violate his right to privacy. 
to be free from self-incrimination and protect against cruel and unusual punishment. The lawsuit also claims police harassed him during the three months he was camped in Lafayette. Um, Go get a job, pal. There's plenty. In fact, I know of a business firsthand in your area that would be more than willing to employ you if you need a job. Mine. This is just unconscionable, folks. And if this doesn't get thrown out, it's, it's the reason, or, you know, the reason of what's wrong with this country. This is absolutely ridiculous that this would even be allowed to be filed. I, I realize in the United States of America, you can sue for whatever you want to, but this just needs thrown out. We, we need to stop putting up with nonsense like this. This is utter, utter nonsense. He'd been ticketed once for illegally camping, according to the records of the Lafayette Police Department. The lawsuit was filed at a time when places like Boulder County, one of the wealthiest counties in Colorado, are seeing increased rates of homelessness. The number of unsheltered homeless people in Boulder has risen to 243, up from 52 in 2019, an increase of 367%. Unsheltered homelessness refers to individuals and families who sleep in a place not designated for ordinarily or ordinarily used as a regular sleeping accommodation, such as cars, parks, garages. Legal experts say a steady stream of lawsuits against cities, including Boulder and Fort Collins, could require Colorado courts to finally answer the question of whether cities can punish homeless people for sleeping outside when there is no shelter available for them. For example, a 2021 decision in the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals known as Martin v. Boise expressly prohibits cities from punishing homeless folks under these conditions. But that decision isn't binding on Colorado communities, says William Knight, an attorney with the National Homeless Law Center. Knight and Holmes cases mirrors other litigation in similar or in states courts in Washington, Arizona, New Mexico, where unhoused plaintiffs are filing state constitution claims, which often offer broader protections than the federal constitution. So again, folks, we are allowing homeless people to sue cities based upon the fact that the city doesn't want them staying on public property which I'm for. We talked about this some yesterday. So Holmes can't work because he worries that local police will take his son into foster care. Instead, he spends his time helping his son study for the GED so that the teenager can join a jobs program or the military. But he feels like he's running out of... Why is your kid not in school? Charlie, is, are public schools not free? Did, am I missing something here? I thought, I thought public schools are free. You can send your kid to public school, right? Just... I'm not less I'm somebody out there. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought public schools were free. So why is this teenage son of his studying for a GED when he could be in school? And then he could be out working. None of this makes any sense to me. This to me is just like one big excuse. I don't want to work. I'm going to help my kid with a GED so he can then go get a job. Why don't you go get a job and help him? Uh, this is so exhausting to even read this. I just don't, I don't get it, folks. And again, this one I can speak directly to. Could this guy get a job locally in Lafayette? Yeah, one of many. One of many. And by the way, the starting wages for folks like myself, 18 to 20 bucks an hour. So it's not like, you're, it's not like minimum wage, folks. 18 to 20 an hour is what I'm paying starting 
individuals that come to work for me, 18 to 20. That's not a bad wage, by the way, and it's not minimum wage. So can you survive on that? You absolutely can. So I, again, have no sympathy for individuals like this, knowing there are plenty, plenty of jobs out there. I'm living proof of that. Hi-Fi Plumbing is next, folks. Make sure that, again, speaking of the trades, and I'm sure they're looking for plumbers as well. Well, Most of the trades are, by the way. So if you're somebody that's looking for a job, that'd be a great place to go as well. But in the meantime, anything you need when it comes to plumbing, keep this number handy, 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. High Five Plumbing not only provides the highest quality plumbing service, they also give generously back to the community. Since 2018, High Five Cares has raised over $81,000 for nonprofits, supporting our local communities. Each month, High Five highlights a different local need and gives a portion of their revenue and 100% of merchandise sales to the charity. For example, last month they raised over $3,500 for clothes to kids, supplying hundreds of families with limited resources with school clothes. And when High Five partners with a charitable organization, they go further than financial support. They elevate them on social media and in blogs and bring community awareness to their causes. Even their technicians appreciate the program, giving to various organizations and recommending new charities that High Five can partner with. And you can too. Support your community by using the plumbing services from a local impactful provider. Call 1-877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or klzradio.com slash plumbing. Stream Auto Repair, folks, anything you need when it comes to your vehicle and the maintenance or repair of, they're there for you. KLZRadio.com, 303-841-1071. The hot temps around the Denver metro area are just getting hotter. And Extreme Auto Repair wants you and your vehicle to stay cool. When the heat outside swelters, you are at a much higher risk of your engine overheating and failing, leaving you stranded and waiting on a tow. You know to check your coolant frequently, but did you know that low engine oil can also cause your engine to overheat faster? This is especially important in the mountains where your car is driven much harder than on flat ground. Simple things like regular oil changes done on time with extreme auto repair can help protect your engine and keep you safe. In the harsh and ever-changing Colorado weather, it's important to make sure that your car is always in tip-top shape. And Extreme Auto Repair will help you make that happen. Appointments are required for services and inspection. So to schedule your visit to Extreme Auto Repair, go to klzradio.com extreme today. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, folks, anything you need when it comes to a used car trading up, trading down, they take trade-ins, by the way. So whatever you need, they can take care of you. If you're looking for a car for somebody that's starting to drive, going back to college, whatever the case may be, it's RidgelineAutobrokers.com. Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Drive Radio sponsor, Ridgeline Auto Brokers specializes in quality used cars that cost between fifteen dollars to $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. They pride themselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why at Ridgeline, they never charge a dealer fee. Plus, all vehicles are inspected by Legacy Automotive, a Colorado Select member and sponsor of Drive Radio. 
For a limited time, they are offering first-time customers the first oil change for only $1. Every car comes with a 30-day warranty, with the option to purchase a service contract. And at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, there are competitive financing options to fit your budget. If you cannot make it to the dealership in person, there are videos of all Ridgeline cars for sale on their website at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Call today at 303-442-4141 to schedule a test drive or visit RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. This is Rush to Reason, powered by Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air. All right, we're back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. We've got a guest that we should be able to uh, get a hold and, and join us today, which I, I apologize. I've been busy with the homeless thing and ghost guns that I frankly lost track of time. I don't do that very often, but today's been a busy day. It's just one of those days. So Charlie and I will get our guests rounded up right now. I think both of us, uh, we got caught up in everything else we were doing. So Richard Vague is supposed to be joining us. I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's supposed to be joining us here in a moment. We're going to talk about the paradox of debt. As long as we can get a hold of him, we will do that. And it's a book that he has written. And again, back to the whole homeless thing in Lafayette. I just, my head just spins. I was telling Charlie during the break that, first of all, it's Lafayette. Not saying that that's not a place to be homeless, but I don't understand why you'd want to stay there when you can go anywhere in the entire Front Range area and even find a lower cost of living because that's not the cheapest place in the Front Range to live. Uh, Richard Vague. Richard, welcome. How are you today, sir? Great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. The Paradox of Debt, A New Path to Prosperity Without Crisis. That's the name of the book. Let's get into it. So when we talk about debt, most people look at that in a, you know, I, I shouldn't say everybody looks at debt differently maybe is the best way to say that, Richard. Yeah, they do, and most folks, folks try not to think about it at all. Uh, good point. No, you're, you're right. Mo- let's, fa- let's put it this way. Most, including our own government, don't know how to manage it well. Well, you know, there's a lot of debt out there, but there's actually more private sector debt than there is public sector debt. So we have about $40 trillion worth of household and business debt versus about $30 trillion in government debt. Right. So what's the answer to some of this? And, and I'm, I'm one of those where, you know, do I think all debt is bad? No, I, I think in some cases, if you use it for the right things and you use it correctly and you, ha- you have, you know, assets to back it up and you're not over leveraged, I'm not against debt. So I'm not one of those guys. But I also know that it's very easy to get over leveraged. Well, it is. Uh, debt's something where, you know, if you're an individual or a business, uh, discipline is the key, and avoiding uh, getting into over-leveraged situation is the right thing to do. But what we do in this book is really look at the debt of the country as a whole, and we don't just look at government debt. We look at private sector debt, and we also take a look at the other six largest countries in the world. And I think one of the facts that's startling uh, and most folks miss is that during the pandemic, the three years from 20 to 22, government debt increased $8 trillion. We've all heard about that. But private sector wealth increased by $30 trillion in that same three-year period. Hmm. And a lot of that's because government, government debt 
government spending doesn't disappear as it's spent. It goes into household checking accounts. So households actually got much wealthier because of government debt. Okay. I can I I understand that. I, I, I get that. And yet we still have people I was just talking a moment ago about a homeless person in one of our areas one of our richer areas of the front range here who's now suing the city because they're not providing enough homeless housing, you know, places to stay. And Richard, I, I, you know, I'm one of those guys where I've worked for a very, very long time. I've had a job since I was about the age of 10 when I had a paper route, and I've had one pretty much ever since. I'm just one of those guys where if you've got to get after it to get after it, that's what you go do. I don't expect anybody to give me a handout or feed me. I'm just going to go make it on my own. And I, I struggle with individuals that don't understand that. Well, I'm with you. I think I, my first job was at a busboy at a restaurant when I was 15, so... And I've all, you know, in the early, particularly early in my career, I had as many jobs as they'd let me have just to try to get the money that I needed. So, you know, in terms of folks who can work, should work, I'm 100% with you. There are a lot of folks that do have needs. I understand. There's some- yep. There's mental things and so on. And I, and I get that. And I'm, I'm by no means, you know, even talking about them, Richard, that's a whole other set of circumstances and a book in and of itself, by the way, that you know, you and I just don't have time to get into. So you're also the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Energy Plus, an electric and natural gas supply company. And I'm, you, of all people, know that part of where we're at, even as a country in inflation, I believe, is because that particular sector, your sector, has had such huge increases. Not of your doing, it's just the way it is. Well, you know, energy costs are a huge factor. Yes. And all well, it's, it's really, been, Richard, always, it's the baseline for everything we do, right? It, it feeds into everything. Now, fortunately, we've had some good inflation numbers over the last 12 months. Correct. You know, inflation since July of last year has averaged 3.1%. That's not down where we want it, which is 2%, but... We're in a better situation and a much better situation than the rest of the world. I'll, I'll give you one little illustration of that. Okay. Uh, our, our natural gas cost here in the U.S. is $2 per million BTU. In Europe, it's $10 wow. per million BTU. And so that's the reason our inflation's at three and the U.K.'s inflation is at seven or eight. Right. And, you know, that's because they're dependent on Russian oil, and we're largely self-reliant when it comes to energy for the first time in a long time. Well, and especially natural gas. And, of course, Colorado, you know where we sit and what we have here, and we've really, as a state, been spoiled. I mean, growing up, I can just remember even my dad saying, never buy a house that's heated with electricity, always buy one heated with gas, because here in Colorado, it's much cheaper than any other form of energy. And even to this day, that's still true, Richard. And by the way, his name was Richard as well, so you're in good company. Well, and Colorado's the greatest state in the Union, as I understand it. Not not just the most beautiful, but the most self-sufficient from a natural gas standpoint. We are, as far as that's concerned, yes. And so, yeah, we, we here understand everything you're saying along those lines, and we're very blessed as a nation to have that capacity that, you know, again, to your point, we, we are doing very well in that world compared to what other countries are doing, which, which I guess that's my next, my next question as well. Given what you just said as far as what's happening in other countries, and yes, I realize that our, our um, 
credit rating was downgraded even this past week. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll ask you, you know, maybe get into that in a little bit here. But but bottom line, we're still as a country the best deal going in regards to all the other countries, are we not? Well, you're absolutely right. And, you know, we get into that in the book. You know, we, we cover the largest seven countries in the world. Okay. And, you know, if you think about it, there's 200-plus countries in the world, but there's just seven of them that constitute 65% or two-thirds of world GDP. So wow. if, you, if you study these seven countries, you pretty much know what's going on in the world. And if you, if you compare the U.S. situation on debt compared to those other six countries, we're in real good shape. Right. Uh, you know, the government debt, for example, we're at about 130% of GDP with our government debt. Well, Japan's at well over 200% with their government GDP. We're, you know, at a, on the private debt side, we're at about 165% of GDP. Well, in China, they're in terrible shape. Oh, they're awful. Close to 200% right. Right. of GDP. And you have situations like Evergrande. Uh, falling apart, yep. which we read about last year. That's right. So, you know, all the ghost all cities, problems, all the rest of the things they have going on, they are actually in a lot worse shape than most people would even they, want to admit. They're in, well, they're in tough shape, and their population's collapsing. Yep. So, you know, they're probably, of the big seven, they're probably the ones that are in the least envious situation. As much as we chatter about them, yep. they got more problems. That's than right. Than That's right. No, th- Richard, thank you. I very seldom get any guests on here that will agree with me in the same way you are when it comes to China. Uh, Now, I will say this. I've said it before. I'll keep saying it. Desperate countries do desperate things. That's my biggest concern about China is they're desperate right now. Well, they're desperate. And one of the ways when countries are starting to have big internal problems, as China is right now, one of the ways that politicians distract the population is by being warlike and right. bellicose. And so, That's right. you know, it's pretty easy to see that in some of the, the islands in and around China, and you know, the threat with Taiwan, that, that we could have a flashpoint. So your book, The Paradox of Debt, A New Path to Prosperity Without Crisis, give me what you mean by that. What is that new path to prosperity without crisis? I know we want people to read the book, but give me kind of a, a short answer, the cliff notes, if you would. Well, there's no silver bullet. We don't. We are not the kind of book where we go in and say we have the magic formula. Thank for you, by the way, because there is not. There is none. So thank you. But it's a lot of little things. So, for example, the the huge crisis in '08 was caused by runaway mortgage lending. A lot of federal government officials didn't see that coming, and so we put forth a formula or algorithm for predicting and foreseeing financial crisis to prevent them in the future. Hmm. That's one area we speak to. There's other areas, you know, we have the controversial Biden student debt program and, you know, we're, we don't, we, we, it's not one we endorse, but there's 43 million Americans out there with student debt that are struggling with it. And so we propose a program where through community service, you know, in addition to your payments, you can get accelerated debt relief okay. uh, for student debt. So we, we just have a series of programs for consideration that we think cumulatively can kind of bend the curve, prevent crisis, relieve from some folks from debt, put us on a better path. Another area we spend a lot of time talking about 
is, uh, you know, the, the mismatch between the skills we need as a country and the skills folks have. You know, there's a lot of need for tech. So we talk a lot about really expanding job training uh, and, and stopping uh, the export of uh, jobs, reshoring, manufacturing, things like that to really rebuild the middle class. Got it. No, I, I'm a guy that came out of the trades. I mean, as you, as we talked a little bit ago about, you know, my history and working and so on, and I'm, I'm not the highly educated college degree guy. I've been self-employed since 22 and have owned different businesses and, and companies, you know, across the, the years and learned by, you know, really just irking it out, like I said earlier, Richard, and I'm a big trade guy. I feel like that is one of those areas as a country we really, really have missed the boat. Honestly, Richard, it started when I was a teenager back in the late 70s, early 80s. We started moving away from the trades then, and it's really costing us now. You're exactly right. You know, that was a big policy mistake. You know, we were cavalier about, you know, jobs leaving and going to other countries. We were cavalier about trade policy, and it cost us. But we're seeing a little bit, a little glimmer of hope. A little bit. You know, it's funny. I I coach some businesses and some of them in that service industry, and we're starting to see – and this is encouraging to all of the rest of you that are listening – we are now, Richard, starting to see some young people – move back into that, they can finally see that, wait a minute, I, I can go in and, yeah, I'll have an investment in some tools and some training and some things along those lines, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to carry $100,000 in student debt, and I'll be making, in some cases, close to hundred grand in the not-too-distant future. There is a great opportunity there. Yeah, I've got to get my hands dirty and my, my pants and shirts a little dirty at the end of the day, but, man, at the end of the day, I can really sock some money away and maybe eventually even own this thing on my own. Young people are finally starting to see that again. You know, I was in, I, I took a tour of the country and talked to folks all around in about 15 different states about a bunch of subjects, including this one. And I was in Charleston, South Carolina, and I was talking to a guy, you know, a 40 something year old guy. He'd gotten his undergraduate degree in music, he'd gotten a graduate, a master's in music. He was supporting himself by teaching courses at the university and paying, playing musical gigs around Charleston, South Carolina. He looked at me. We were talking about student debt. He said he had $130,000 in student debt. Wow. He had a brother-in-law and no, and by the way, and no health insurance. Wow. Because, you know, he's, he's right. teaching these courses. Right. And right. He said, my brother-in-law is uh, in the plumbing industry. He's got no student debt. He's got great health benefits and he's making well over a hundred thousand dollars a year, and he looked at me and he said, "Why didn't anybody tell me?" Ah, uh, good one. Good when I one. was eighteen years old. Good one. Well, can we, Richard? Actually, what we did because I can remember those days like they were yesterday. We actually did the opposite. We told them, "Don't do." this. Don't go to the trades. Don't be a plumber or an electrician or an auto mechanic. Go do this instead. It'll be much more rewarding and you'll have a life you know, behind a desk rather than one under the hood of a car or underneath somebody's sink or whatever the case may be. We purposely you know, really shied them away from that, steered them away from it, Richard. That's right. That's right. And, and now and we we're reaping that. the benefits of that. I, I've, got a, I've got a client that I consult with and you, you probably won't... Uh, you won't you won't be surprised at this. Some of my listeners may be, but we I've got a shop, one that's here in the Denver area. We just hired an auto technician 
full benefits, giving him full vacation the first year he starts. He's not going to have to wait for anything. And we're going to pay him billable hour billing. This is what we call flat rate in the auto industry. So flat rate, he'll be making $65 an hour. His loaded pay will be $75 to $80 an hour billable, which means if he can bill 50, 60 hours a week and work 40, he gets paid the 60. Well, we need, that's wonderful news, and we need more of that. We need more of that all across the country. And that's, that's one of the things I do talk about in this book. That's awesome. We we need more of this. We need it, you know, to your to the point of the folk you were interviewing earlier, you know, you just talked about we need to get that information in the hands of young people so they know the the uh, the opportunities, the upside, I guess you could say that's out there waiting for them. Yep. Agreed completely. Richard again, thank you. Thank you for the book. We need this as you can tell. I'm, you know, I'm in your camp. We need this more now than than ever. We've got to get back on track. Well, the book's not, you know, if you're looking for individual investment advice, this is not your book. If you're looking for understanding the globe, the global economy, and the big policy issues, we'd love for you to read the book, and it's been a privilege to be on your show. Thank you. Richard, I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much. Have a great night, and uh, best of luck to you. We appreciate it very much. Fordham Buntress Mortgage is next, folks. Uh, Again, anything you need when it comes to a mortgage, give Kurt a call today, 720-895-0500. Many of you are seeing your credit card rate around 18 to 21 percent. With the Feds continuing to raise rates, it's getting harder to stretch that dollar. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. If you currently have a low rate on your mortgage, but the other debts are not giving you any breathing room, consider refinancing and getting a blended rate in the fours. Now is the time. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Get that blended rate in the fours and lower your total monthly payment, six, seven, eight hundred a month. We can show you how to lower your monthly debt and keep more of your money, all with a low blended rate. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and serving Coloradans since 2001. Let us show you how to own your home faster and pay less interest. Our experience will save you money. 720-895-0500. Affordable interest mortgage. That's 720-895-0500. Start saving six, seven, eight hundred a month now and breathe again. NMLS two nine eight one nine one regulated by door, equal credit lender. If you do want personal financial advice, which we were just talking to Richard about a moment ago, give Golden Eagle Financial Al Smith a call today, 303-744-1128. When you go it alone, saving for retirement. Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial knows you take on significant risk for making the wrong moves with your hard-earned money. When you work with Al, performance may increase up to 20% more than employer-sponsored plans or with automated services. As an experienced advisor, Al uses over 30 years of retirement planning experience to help you understand what drives a good retirement plan. Al gets to know you personally so he can understand your goals, fears, and needs and gives you the best guidance possible given your unique situation. Approaching retirement doesn't need to be difficult. You just need the experience of Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial to direct you on the smart way to go. So visit klzradio.com money now to schedule a no-strings-free consultation and take control of your retirement plan. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. A registered investment advisor, BCM, and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. 
Veteran Windows and Doors, no matter what you need, Dave is there for you 40% off right now, 303-529-0720, or go to klzradio.com. Veteran Windows and Doors actually educates their customers so they know exactly what their codes are. All of their products are rated to exceed those codes and maximize the return on your investment. Everyone claims to make the best windows and doors, but Veterans knows that every window and door has to be tested for how efficient it truly is. Owner Dave Bancroft will tell you the energy efficiency ratings have to be clearly labeled on your windows and doors when you receive them at your home. If the windows and doors are not Energy Star certified or do not meet your local energy codes, the windows will not earn you any rebates, credits, or energy savings. Window and door replacement is a great investment in your home. However, if they aren't properly rated for efficiency, you are just throwing your money out the window. No pressure, no upsell, just plain facts, so you can make the best decision for your home. Get 40% off labor and material costs for the month of August with Veteran Windows and Doors by visiting klzradio.com window. Is the cost of replacing your old copier with a new one a shock to your budget? I'm Josh, a technician with Business Equipment Service. We specialize in premium, like-new copiers and printers that have had very minimal usage. They look like new, they work like new, and are backed by our 12-month performance warranty. It's as new as you can get without the box. At Business Equipment Service, you don't get less, you just pay less. Check us out at BESofColorado.com. As independent brokers, GIA Insurance does not work for any insurance company. They can shop the market and find you the best premium for the coverage that you need. Call 303-423-0162, extension 100, or go online to e-gia.com. It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. Got about, I don't know, three minutes or so left. Craig from Wheat Ridge, before you get going, I just gave that example of the technician that uh, one of my clients has hired. And Craig, if he works hard and does well, he can make well over $200,000 a year. That is not bad money at all. Well, John, you know, I know your guest may be a nice man, but he started to sound a little bit like Kamala Harris about how inflation is down and Bidenomics is working. Well, let me tell you what. I'm not seeing any relief at the gas pump. The gas prices. No, they're up 30%. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not seeing any uh, relief at the grocery store either. And when we start comparing ourselves, our country, to other countries, you know, how their inflation rates are and how their economies are, yeah, we may be better, but we could be a lot better if we didn't have the administration that we have right now. He talked about natural gas. Yes, natural gas is relatively cheap in Colorado because we have an abundance of it. Correct. But again, we have, we have an administration that continues to fight natural gas installations. They don't want to build homes with natural gas. They want to build nope. full electric homes. That's right. And, you know, they, we have a government in place right now that is making things worse. So when guys like him come on and say things aren't that bad and things are getting better, I don't see it. Well, and I don't know that he was necessarily saying that. I think what he was saying is if you look at where we're at, comparatively speaking, and I say it all the time to the, all the other countries, there's a reason why we're still the best game in town because we're still doing better than all of the other countries. Could we, to your point, could we be doing a whole lot better than we are right now? Absolutely, Craig. In fact, when you know Donald Trump was president, it was way better than it is now. This current administration could care less how well we do. They'd like to see us downgraded to nothing when it's all said and done. Well, that's why Joe Biden gets along so well with the European Union countries every time they have a summit. 
because he wants to run our country in a socialist form, yep. similar to that of the European Union, where there's there's a tax on everything. There's a usury tax. There's a road tax. There's there's a carbon tax. There's this tax. He would like to do that here. Yep. No, and, he would. No, and, and Craig, to your point, you know, we are we could be doing a lot better than we are right now. In fact, and we've got huge. Huge issues. We've talked about that even, you know, even Jordan Goodman, who, by the way, is not a conservative. We talked about that with him yesterday. And the reality is, if you look at where we're at and some of the job shortages we have and yet have some unemployment at the same time, we have got a very lopsided employment base right now, which, by the way, Craig, other than me, no one's talking about. No one in government's well, talking about that lopsidedness. Well, you know, they, they claim our unemployment figures are low, but you know as well as anybody, there's a lot of unfilled jobs, and a lot of them are in this, the trade. That's right. And yeah, then, yeah that's trade. the lopsidedness I'm talking about. Yeah, we've got some high tech and some folks in that world that are losing their jobs, but we've got everything from welders to plumbers to electricians to carpenters to you name it that are, you know, those, those trades are looking for workers. Roofers, I mean, Dave Hart, if I was to, you know, have him on right now, there's not enough roofers to go around, Craig. I could just go down the list in the trades. Well, I kind of had this discussion with a gentleman that works behind the deli counter at my local Safeway, and he was saying, well, you know, that's great that a lot of people have found an easy way to make money and, you know, home-based or uh, – you know, computer-based or whatever, but I said, but we still have to have people in the trades. And, I mean, that's what makes things tick, you know, building, like you said, building the infrastructure, building the homes. And if we have a shortage of those people and everybody wants to yep. to sit down at a computer job, we're who, done. who's going to... We're done. That's right. I'll leave you with that. We are done, and we're done. That is the program for today. If you missed any of today's program, go right to the website, RushToReason.com. The National Crawford Roundtable is next. If you missed the first hour, you'll have to go to the website and listen to it there as well. Enjoy your night, folks. Be safe. We'll be back tomorrow. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.